is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Terry Story on our show today. Terry Story is a leader and visionary in the field of mental health with more than 20 years of experience. As CEO and co-founder of Snap Clarity, Terry is revolutionizing the way mental health support is provided to those in need. Snap Clarity is an online platform that uses intelligent matching technology to connect people with experienced mental health service providers and treatments that work. Terry's experience working on the front lines of mental health for more than two decades inspired the creation of Snap Clarity. Previous to launching the innovative online platform, Terry founded Terrace Wellness Group, which includes Terrace Wellness Center and Terrace Youth Residential Services. TYRS is one of the largest treatment organizations in Ontario. Here, Terry has accepted some of the toughest cases of youth in crisis, many from Indigenous communities in the North. As Ottawa's 2014 Entrepreneur Businesswoman of the Year and one of very few women to be CEOs of a tech company. Terry passionately mentors young entrepreneurs through discussion and practice. Welcome to the show, Terry. Thank you for having me today. It's awesome. Fantastic. So before we dive in, what's one thing that you want women entrepreneurs to take out of our conversation today, Terry? I think it's really important for women entrepreneurs to understand that they can think big, create global companies that have impact. Fantastic. So I'm vaguely familiar with Snap Clarity and have really enjoyed watching the journey of your, your organization come to life. Can you walk um, our audience through what is the inception story of Snap Clarity? How did it all begin? Well, Snap Clarity started, I think if I actually now go back today, it actually started when I was like, I, I've been an entrepreneur for, you know, 20 years. At the age of 22, I started my own company that was based on mental health, right? So I've been able to live by mm -hmm. my passion through my whole career, which is incredible. And I really believed back then that we needed to get people's story right which is mean getting the assessment, you know, getting it right so we can match people to the right care. So, you know, from right down to my residential programs, you know, we would uh, create a treatment pathway immediately right to opening a center that we provided psychiatric psychosocial therapists working as a care team, and we believed on triage. So we then developed this assessment based on 13 um, mental health, common mental health um, symptomology, and we use it as testing. And we had a thousand patients come through our bricks and mortar, use the assessment. We were able to funnel people through care pathways, 
Uh, we were able to get a lot of people through psychiatry with no wait times and improved life functions 86.5% of all cases. And so that was the evolution of self clarity. We're like, instead of just creating an Uber for therapy, we're like, we actually want to, we really believe in uh, early screening, getting people on the right path to optimize spend and money and just the experience for people is way better. Mm. Have you seen over the, the last number of years, you know, with things like Bell Let's Talk and, and the mental health conversation has become so much more um, front and center, at least what I'm seeing in my networks. Has that um, socialization of prioritizing mental health really supported Snap Clarity? And have you seen more people trying to access these types of services? Oh, for sure. I think one of the greatest challenges to our nation today is mental unwellness, mm. right? And I think people need to realize we're in a, we're in a crisis scenario with epidemic. And I do really appreciate the ballots talk and the stigma and reducing it because it is getting people to actually get out there talking and speaking about mental health. But I think what's happened on the other side is the actual service, right? That yeah. there's not a lot. People don't know how to navigate it. They don't understand it. They don't know where to go first. And I don't think that they realize when they're actually um, in crisis. I, we mm. have functioning people A and they go to Z, Z today very quickly. And they're just, you know, creating this epidemic. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine, you know, if you're going through a mental health crisis um, and you're trying to navigate this process that you're totally unfamiliar with, um, that exacerbates that, um, you know, frustration and that anxiety that they might already be having. So um, sort of adding to the problem uh, through that process if they don't have clarity. Um, so this being a really great solution to that. Oh, I agree 100%. And that's what one of the biggest things that I see the bottleneck in the services is that front end Mm. is that, you know, is getting it right at the beginning. And just giving you an example of that is like, if we if we look at it today, people like, you know, how we were very reactive to healthcare is that we get sick, we seek out care options, and then we collect data on you, Mm. right? And it's, all fragmented and fallow and no one's working off the same care plan whereas snap clarity's evolution was built on we gather data the right care options come to you at the right time and then all the care team at the bottom has all the same data and the same goals and that's like our long-term you know plan over time is just building it differently right yeah and have a total shift in mindset yeah trying not to just look at the symptoms but building it in from day one i love that that's great. And so totally it's yeah. all about resilience. You got to mm. think right now, you know, I'm seeing anxiety and depression with, you know, the millenniums, I call them that generation. But if we even go younger than that mm. from our nine to 10 year olds, you know, it's one of the biggest things that's happening in schools. Uh, you know, I'm seeing today is young people having high levels of anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So we're like a couple decades away of like improving the outcomes. Mm. Right. And we really need to put this effort into resiliency um, and then having, you know, multiple care options that are based on evidence-based is completely our philosophy, right? Is that, you know, we need to actually prove that we're actually getting people better and what are the techniques that are working? Because we don't have the best data today on actually symptomology and then basing that on treatment methods that actually have a cost analysis to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that ev- evidence-based approach, I think, is, is definitely the way to go. Um, and especially as we, we socialize uh, mental health and, and the struggle with mental health as an epidemic, as a true epidemic that people, I think, sometimes can, uh, you know, look at mental health uh, struggles as, as something that um, isn't as serious as, you know, having a serious uh, illness like cancer or something like that, that we need to socialize this this idea um, that it is a true epidemic and we need to be um, kind of providing support and getting to the root of things and embedding that into our culture overall. Uh, so this is an incredible um, place to begin and it's great to see uh, this work advancing. 
Well, and I think one of the things and what you just hit on to again is, is is really understanding that we need to take action. Suicide's at the highest levels it's ever been. And I think for some clarity, you know, we believe the future of mental health care is is accountable, connected care, right? And we believe the best way to deliver that is with employers, right? 75% of Canadians have, you know, benefits. And I think employers are in this position where they can um, spend their investment better uh, ask for better quality for their people. So, you know, it's not hand in hand around investment and taking care of your people. It's not clarity. They can get it. You know, they don't, there's no decision. You can take better care of your people and have better investment for your dollars. Mm -hmm. And so going and, and advancing on that, that side of things. So mental health, we see obviously being a really prevalent issue for entrepreneurs, uh, in the conversations that we have with entrepreneurs across Canada from, from startup Canada's perspective, this is something, uh, that comes up very often and that entrepreneurs, um, deal in such a high stress startup culture, working 24-7 um, and having um, that come sort of at, at an expense of physical and mental health. Um, so why do you think entrepreneurs need to pay even more attention to their mental health or be um, uh, sort of connected to those resources that you're talking about? Why is it so important for entrepreneurs? Well, I, I, that is a great question and I love it because I think it's very complex. It goes back to like the very first thing that we talk about is right tech is that it's fast moving, it's competitive and and so if we look at that culture then what what's happening in entrepreneur especially we're seeing this boom in tech and SaaS products is that people are moving fast and they feel like they have to work non-stop to keep up with the pace and I also then take it to another level that also comes back down to investors and money that we're taking from other people is that there's this pressure to move fast stay lean you know keep doing it so you know we also have those pressures that we have to answer to them so i think that's also leading to this culture of you know that and i think one of the things why when we talk about innovation and disruption innovation to me is that you create something that somebody will actually pay for the disruption is that we can move a lot faster than say a larger company and um, we're more agile well that's because people are working 16 to 18 hours a day so mm -hmm. I do think that it's it's a whole culture shift that we have to change. And I always say to people, when people use the word life balance, I think as an entrepreneur, that may be unpractical if we you want success. And I think you have to define what success is to you. If you're going from an investor looking at that to an exit, a very you, that's all you're focused on. But if you're looking at building a sustainable business that could be long-term, you have a different bird's a different view on that right yeah. and I think um, finding that life balance and saying to yourself like when can I have time for my family when can I have time for my friends and just putting it in some practical tangible things that you're not gonna be like I'm only working eight hours and that's that's it because th that's just not reality it's a little too prescriptive it, it's just not it's not it's not real right mm. and especially it is right we do have to move fast we have to stay lean and you have to have lots of skills in tech, I'm really talking about, I'm not talking about like a bricks and mortar where you put a sign, you know, and yeah. you can make money from day one. It's how you have to move in the technology world today. Mm -hmm. And so what what are the common signs that you're seeing in terms of burnout and mental illness um, that's, that's happening with entrepreneurs? Um, and what recommendation do you have um, to sort of nip that right in the bud from, from day one? Again, I think it goes back to like, you know, you as leaders to putting out, and we're not the best role models at time, and I'm in mental health, mm. right, is that really setting that culture uh, that, you know, we have deadlines at times where we're going to like have to push it, but that's just the reality right now in tech. And then the times that you actually are off, be off, right? And I think that also goes back to what I love about entrepreneurs is this creative mind 
which makes us more sensitive, you know, and we have these beautiful minds, is that you've got to have some downtime to actually put it to use, right? Because if you're nonstop working, you're not going to be as creative as you need to be. So taking those time outs when you can and sticking by them and then allowing your staff to do that as well is very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that leading by example can be so challenging, especially um, if you're a founder and you are really driving um, your organization and trying to make it successful, that demonstrating, you know, I as a founder, I'm taking time off and displaying the types of behaviors that I want my staff to also sort of take advantage of. I can see, uh, and in many of the conversations we have on the Thrive podcast, modeling seems to be a challenge for many entrepreneurs. Oh, 100%. Because, I mean, when you start taking money and you have investors and you have a board, is that you're accountable to that. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of, lot of responsibility on a founder, CEO, around um, expectations. And I think that a lot of, you know, people have expectations on SaaS companies that, you know, that first year, that year and a half, that you're going to hit these milestones, you're going to do that. And it becomes about that drive. And it like, and I have seen that, like, lots of my friend entrepreneurs in tech or people I'm talking about, you know, this burnout that they hit, that is just came up on them, right? And they had to like literally shut down and decide, this is what I want to be here, but I'm going to look at it in a very different way. Hence, I think why you see a lot of people now doing a bootstrapped, uh, putting more practical expectations around, Um, what they can actually deliver and still be very successful at it, right? So what other advice do you have for entrepreneurs on how to build a healthy and and really thriving business? So that modeling, looking at more bootstrapping alternatives, um, what other advice do you have for entrepreneurs looking to build sustainable um, and mindful businesses? That's a, I love those two words together, right? Sustainable and mindful um, are important. I think one of the things that I learned kind of on the way, because even though I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years, they're two very different businesses, right? From a bricks and mortar, hanging up a sign that I can make money from day one to like a tech company where I have to build a million dollar product first, right? To have the user experience. So I think that was like, for me is what I tell people is like really have product market fit, especially um, in tech is because I think we think we'll have it numerous times and we don't. So you really need to listen to your users, make sure you have that product fit, and then go get the money you require, which is kind of a catch-22, right? Because you have to build it. So we that's, you yeah. know, if you start listening and reading stuff where it's like build an MVP that is like usable, right? That you can see if people will actually pay for your innovation and get product market fit as you're adding on to that product and trying to stay as lean as possible, then go take money. Mm-hmm. Is like more important where we now see companies taking money and get evaluations that are way too high and then they overspend without product market fit. And then they're like, they don't, don't maybe not own their company anymore, right? They lose mm-hmm. control of their board and their cap table. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Um, and, and a good mindset to have from day one to th- start thinking about things differently as opposed to just <laughs> kind of going to town right away, um, thinking more intentionally in that product market fit. Fantastic. I, I, the best advice that I was given and the best advice I think that I can give to people is like, listen to your advisors and listen to people, right? Mm-hmm. So how has that served uh, in your experience as an entrepreneur? How have you sought out mentorship um, and advice from others in your community? Oh, I completely, I have ment- I've had mentors, you know, all my whole life in my career. And sometimes I'll use different ones for different things. Um, and entrepreneurs, I think, were challenged sometimes to listen to other people. Um, and that was one of the shifts when I went into tech was I really loved the experience from other people. I really loved to talk to people about some of the failures, successes. And I really took my, my advisors and who's around me very seriously. Hmm. 
Even if I didn't agree at the time, I'm still like, go back and go like, let me think about what they said. I'll research it more. Yeah. Right. And you really have to take that in. Yeah. And that diversity of perspective that even if you disagree with it, still having that challenge function is super important at every juncture just to think of things um, from a different lens. A hundred percent. And like, and you know, and that's why I think like, if you think of tech startup, it's like these young, we're moving fast, we're agile is that I've really, really respected, you know, my advisors around me around, they have done it. They've sat in boardrooms. They can understand that. And how do we bring this corporate boardroom in with tech startup to get some actually what I call not chaos, right? To actually have some sort of practicality, right? And you have to be, how can we clash the two worlds, right? Mm, very cool. And now that the tables are sort of switched and you are, are definitely passionate about mentoring young, young entrepreneurs, um, how are you embedding these types of mindsets um, in, in your mentorship as a mentor as opposed to a mentee? Um, well, again, that is my give back. And I think that's how the circle works. Right. Um, and I think that will be my kind of, you know, passion after, you know, Snap Clarity is that I'll be working, you know, with women entrepreneurs around cap tables and equity and getting capital is that I yeah, I, I think for me, I'm in this position and blessed, very blessed and very grateful that, you know, I'm a CEO and I really think where change can happen is that we can like, I'm a, I have a board, I can nominate, you know, women to be on my board or people to be on my board that we can start mm-hmm. to change the landscape because boards is where decisions get made, right? And how we influence women to start investing, right? So lowering the investment amounts that, you know, women can put in 50,000, 10,000, right? Get them board seats. It doesn't always have to be with investment in board seats. I think we'll start to like change, right? How women are involved in um, being CEOs and having influence with global companies, right? Very cool. So, so yeah, that's like, I think we are, it's just not just about mentorship. I think that's, yes, very important. But I think if you're a CEO and you have board seats, get some women on the board, get your women Mm. on your board, right? Sing it. Love it. <laughs> That's, I'm in complete agreement with that. Um, and, and so when you look at your data as well, do you see that women are experiencing mental health issues differently than men are, and specifically women entrepreneurs? How do you see those differences happening from a gender perspective? Well, it's interesting because I was having this conversation before. I actually think, I know that we'll say women can have higher mental I think it's actually the same. I think women, the same. we just actually talk about it more. So I don't think we're more susceptible. I think we just put it on the table and we've always been conditioned as society since little girls that we can like be emotional, we can talk, we can cry and it's all acceptable. Males can't, right? That was not acceptable. And I, so I think it's actually harder for them when they, cause they suffer in silence and actually when we put it out there, right? So I think that is the difference. Um, but what we're seeing with Snap Clarity, which is incredible, I love, is we we have the we do it a little differently. We think actually in participation, not utilization. So we actually mm-hmm. want people. We actually, when people onboard to Snap Clarity, when we work with companies, eighty percent of uh, people onboard within twenty four hours and do our mental health assessment. So it's incredible. We're actually seeing a fifty fifty with males and females, and our males are actually seeking out support with our healthcare on demand, uh, with our you know nurses and social workers and talking about their assessment, talking about things. So I'm loving that we are actually getting this, these males reaching out and talking about it, which they weren't before, 
right, and seeking Amazing. out help. So because I'm sure you know this, and you're talking other texts, right, the suicide in the tech space for entrepreneurs, for males, younger and older, we're seeing this like from 45 to 55, the suicide rates are very high in, in entrepreneurship for males. And so we need to get them early and start chatting, and, and it's okay to put your stuff out there, right? Absolutely. So overall, can you give us a high-level sort of summary of the types of um, resources around mental health that Snap Clarity can provide? So if I was to uh, engage at, at a first juncture, what are the types of services that I'd be able to seek through Snap Clarity? Um, so Snap Clarity is mobile first, right? So and um, we have a early con- we have early screening, which is our mental health assessment, um, and then we have what's called My Care Team, which is healthcare on demand. So you can hit a button and talk to like you know um, uh, your health team about any questions or resources that you might need or help you develop a care plan. Um, we also have the ability to chat with a therapist by text and video. And then we have what's called a digital coach. So we have self-care apps where you can do meditation. Um, you can talk about your strength areas. We track mood, physical activity. Um, and then we have six that's coming, uh, the end of this week, actually, six ICBT programs that you could either do on your own or you could work with your therapist on this. Because we really believe that when you come in, we love early identification. So we can we can identify immediately because we have 80% of enrollment. We can actually, uh, uh, you know, people who are well at risk are not doing so well. And we can actually, you know, generate those care journeys depending on your needs. So we give you the right care options at the right time with multiple choices. Right. From digital to human touch to right. Just not one. We'll have lots. And and in terms of ICBT, can you just drill into that acronym very quickly? Oh, I can. So it's just it's CBT, informed CBT instead of, you know, CBT is a a modality in therapy that we use. You get FaceTime modules and text and it's very expensive. And so ICBT is just meaning that it's Internet based CBT and just a module that's less expensive than um, doing the full um, uh, CBT um, theory. And CBT being uh, cognitive behavioral therapy? Thank you. That's exactly what you got. Yes, there it is. Go. It's cognitive, right? Behavior therapy. So, you know, we're seeing some like that we're, we're learning right now if we can, what the level of engagement is to get people to do it on their own, meaning self-directed or how much engagement from a therapist, um, because right, that would be a really cool way, right? CBT can be delivered a lot in, inexpensive if we can get actually people, um, engaging in it, right? We know it's very productive. It, during your therapy sessions to actually, so if you're getting video plus your module plus some text message and you have your care team, it's, it's 30% of the time, it's 80% effective, right? It's the fact that we're now trying to see if we can actually get self-directed, which is the internet CBT and, and what the level of engagement for you to complete it. Fantastic. That's, We're not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I imagine there's so much more to explore in this space. It sounds like you've really identified some some key um, spaces and some great wins here with the My Care team and therapy via text and video. Like th- that's incredible uh, to have that service. And so, looking to the future, um, what other services are you planning on on providing? So you're saying these six ICBT services will be launching soon. What else is coming down the pipe for Snap Clarity? Well, the the whole vision of Snap Clarity is, I believe that what what's happening today is we have a user um, wellness is about consumer driven. I mean, we we have different expectations today, and so what's 
then evolving, which I call the employer healthcare driven, right? Society, because we've been like having to live off 40 year old systems, right? From in healthcare, from, you know, insurance leading that to like that, that things are just changing in this new world of innovation and technology is that we want more as consumers. We're willing to spend more money on our wellness and we're like expecting more from our employers to actually give us better investment for our dollars, right? So, and that's a really neat model that's happening because you then can start, you think of Snap Clarity as kind of an entry point with getting it right at the beginning and working off data and all your like chronological behavior data, putting that together gives a lot of insight to other things. Like you're looking at pharmacology, right? We're looking at doing, you know, working with a company around genetic testing to say what meds work for you on mental health and pain management. We look at the cannabinoid, where that's going and where we're seeing huge improvements on CBD oils with mental health and inflammation. We're looking at that, right? So it's really unique of how we can start to create a larger membership and work with multiple vendors. Um, to create multiple options for people, right? Incredible. That's that's so exciting, and and I'm I'm so looking forward to seeing how this evolves. And um, thank you for for going into detail about all these different uh, fantastic services that Snap Clarity is providing, and and just that you're moving the dial and really trying to um, work yourselves into this mental health conversation in a really productive way with practical, immediate um, action. So I, I appreciate that, and and love uh, sort of hearing it come to life. Oh my God, thank you. Very yeah. Cool. Um, Let's do. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so, where can entrepreneurs go to learn more about mental health and Snap Clarity? Well, I think, I, again, we have a website. So, it's, you know, snapclarity.com. I mean, you can reach me out to me on LinkedIn. My team's on LinkedIn. Um, you know, we're all over social media. So, you know, that's the best way. We have demos set up for employers. You know, we, our sales team right now is knocking on doors. We are being called every day to, you know, employers taking action. So we're thrilled. Like the synergy right now and everyone taking action around one of the biggest challenges is incredible. Yeah, fantastic. I love it. Uh, So thank you so much for for spending uh, some time with us today, Terry. And we can't wait to see what's next for you and for Snap Clarity. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. It was great. Have the best day. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Matthew Curtis and plug in to the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.